everybody it is a bonus friday show you know we do our direct messages tuesday wednesday thursday yesterday we did two shows because we also did a debate recap which about 400,000 of you guys watched you watched me drink tequila and and kick my dog under the table uh msnbc would be thrilled to have those kind of numbers so thank you guys for for watching everything we're doing here a lot of good stuff is happening and i think we've carved out a little space for sane people who want a little bit of nuance in their news and who don't want to be hysterical nutbags. So you're amongst the lucky few that see the world that way. Are we lucky? I'm not actually sure about that. It might be, uh, ignorance is bliss, you know, so it might be a little more of a headache, but alas, here we are. Anyway, today we are doing an Ask Me Anything and all of the questions that I am sourcing here, and I, I got a couple dozen of them, I'm gonna get to as many as possible, uh, all of the questions are sourced from RubenReport.com. That is our locals community, and I know a whole bunch of you have joined. Our, our numbers are blowing up over there, and I'm able to communicate with you guys directly over there. So you can check it out on the desktop at RubenReport.com, or you can download our iOS or Google Play app. Uh, just search Ruben Report in either of those stores, and uh, or you can download the locals app and stuff. There, there's stuff out there on the internet that you know you can put things on your phone. It's incredible stuff. All right, so let's just jump right into it. There, there's a ton of great questions. Obviously, most of them are politically based. I said to the people, you can ask me anything. I'd be happy to talk about sports or video games or sneakers or painting or music or anything. Maybe I'll add a couple of my own questions in because I got mostly political questions, but they're, they're actually really great questions and it's, and it's a pretty diverse set of thoughts. Uh, so I'll start with uh, McCrib who says, uh, what do you think about a Haley Crenshaw ticket in 2024? Well, let me be very, 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 very clear about that. I would vote for a Haley Crenshaw ticket in a second, like in an absolute millisecond, I would vote for that ticket. And by the way, I, I truly believe this, that let's assume for a second that Trump wins and there's some questions later on about whether what happens if he wins and what happens if he loses. If Trump wins and we have four more years of the destruction of sort of the Democratic Party and finally we're able to get critical race theory out of politics and social justice really takes a hit and, and you see that the sort of zeitgeist is moving towards sort of more freedom and enough of the political correctness and all that, I think after eight years of Trump, Trump and the sort of MAGA movement, the thing behind Trump that was the great wrecking ball, I don't think that will be necessary anymore. And then what I think will happen is that you will get a truly diverse set of Republican candidates like never seen before. And by diverse, I mean the stupid immutable characteristic stuff that the left loves in that it'll be, it'll be black and white and Latino and gay and female and blah, 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 blah. Maybe we can get one person to hold all of those things at once. Um, who would be the, that would be the best Democratic candidate ever. You give him a lazy eye and a limp and it's like you got, you got 20 years of, of running the country. Um, but I really think that after eight years of Trump, the wrecking ball, that there will be a reset, that all of the reasons that you guys watch this or you watch Ben Shapiro or any of the sort of new voices, Crowder, like the, the younger right-leaning thing that is diverse in its set of ideas, that will be what comes after Trump. Now, if Trump loses, then I think it's completely, I don't know what happens to, to the Republicans. If Trump loses, I could see the Republicans either just going back to the generic Romney Republicans who sort of sound middle of the road so they lose all the time, 
Or I could see actually the much scarier thing, which is we could start growing a genuine far right in the country. And, and that's why calling Trump far right this whole time and a white supremacist and a neo-Nazi was so bad because he's not. As he said in the debate last night, he doesn't care about any of that stuff. He likes, he likes success and he wants people to be successful. That, that's what I believe. Um, and, and if he was to lose, you could see some really bad elements being like, well, even Trump couldn't do it, so now let's just go all in and get a real sort of far-right party here in America like they have in Europe. So I, I think the best way forward, if you, if you care about plurality of opinion, if you, if you care about freedom at any level and liberty and the rest of it, is that Trump wins, and then after Trump, and I actually think he would be pretty good at passing the baton. He, you know, that's what The Apprentice was, right? Like, that's what it was all about, the show The Apprentice, which, by the way, well before Trump was running for office, I never watched any reality shows. I did not watch any reality shows. I never watched uh, the Ozzy Osbourne thing or Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I didn't watch any of that stuff or the Jersey Shore, but I watched Celebrity Apprentice. I, I don't know why, there, there was something about it. I think he'd be pretty good at passing the baton and going, oh, now we can have a crop of Republicans that are, that don't have to be sort of so bombastic, that don't have to fight the system as much. We, we did it for eight years, and now we can hand it off to people who are, who are really well-versed in the Constitution and our laws, who have incredibly interesting, rich, diverse backgrounds like Nikki Haley, like Dan Crenshaw, and I think, I think that would be, would be pretty sweet. Um, Storm says, how, do you, how does the average person balance being well-informed versus staying sane. Man, that's the million dollar question, right? I mean, I write a little bit about this in, in chapter 10 of Don't Burn This Book, of sort of how to, say, how to stay sane in this information war or at, in this reality war, as I've been putting it, because as I said last night, you know, we've got the political battle, we've got the cultural battle, but really they sit within the reality war, which is that everyone's catering information to themselves and you can't have a political battle or a cultural battle with when everybody has a different set of information. So staying sane in this thing is really hard. I, there are a lot of people, I know people very well that I'm very close to that are really struggling with this. Uh, I, I struggle with it to some degree. Like I have, I, I try to tell you guys what I think to the best of my ability and I try to do it in an in a honest and truthful way. Um, but is it possible that sometimes I'm misinformed about something? Sure, it's possible. Could a, could a story be changing as I'm talking about it? Sure, that could be happening. Uh, could some of my biases leak into some of this stuff? Yeah, and I, by the way, I try to be honest about that, and I'm not sitting here pretending that I don't have biases. But as to your question of being sane, I would say there are a few things you can do. Um, you know, two of the things we do just involve bedroom. We have no TV in our bedroom. I believe the bedroom is for two things. You can probably figure out what those things are. Uh, we have no TV, and I don't bring my phone into the bedroom. You know, the idea that you can uh, have the last thing that you look at at night be that black mirror and see all the chaos, and then you go to bed, like your brain is still, it's still running like an endless feed. And, the, and that you might wake up in the middle of the night and look at it, or in the morning, the first thing you do, I can open up Twitter and, and see a pink anime genderless avatar tell me, you know, that I'm a douchebag or something. Like, it's just, it's just not necessary. So I think there are little things you can do in your life to, to disconnect, um, including those type of things. And then, you know, like there's some generic stuff that I could tell you, like a little bit of exercise, like find some stuff that you really love watching. I, I keep joking with everyone around here and my staff that, uh, when I'm doing cardio, we have a Roku on that TV, and if you were to look at my YouTube search history, it's like I got old episodes of the Transformers, I got old basketball games, I got old G.I. Joes, 
I got, uh, I watch a lot of like old Frankie Valley concerts and Tina Turner concerts, and I watch some old WWE wrestling, and it's like basically I, I'm doing things that I, that I probably would have done back in 1987. But do some things that you enjoy that that aren't political. I would say that that's a pretty good one. Uh, oh, for this next question, we're gonna throw to some video because uh, Simon Tech asks a really good question here, and and I think. When I talk about the reality war of how things happen, and then if you just see them, you acknowledge it, but if you don't see it, or if the media is hiding it from you, then you're living in a different reality. Well, this is a great question. He says, other than masks, does Biden actually have a plan? Because Trump lists all sorts of companies involved and everything going on, and Biden complains that Trump isn't doing enough and that masks will set you free. Okay, before I say anything here, we are now going to throw to a video this is of Fauci, Dr. Fauci, right? Trust the scientists, we love Fauci. Fauci hates Trump, Trump hates Fauci. This is Fauci, this is March 8th of this year. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking, there's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. Well, hot diggity dog, Fauci. People should not be walking around wearing masks, right? What else did he say in there? There's no reason to be walking around wearing a mask. A mask is just a drop in the bucket, right? You see what's going on here, people? These guys all change things. The, the WHO, the CDC, over months changed things. When the lockdowns were sold on us, what were we told? Flatten the curve, 15 days. We're now eight months in. I remember and find the videos of me saying it back in May, back in June, when they were saying, oh, we're gonna, in California, we're gonna lock you down till August 1st. And I remember saying, well, wh why the hell would we believe you? Of course it's gonna go on longer than that. Where are we now? End of October. It's almost November, people. This, this has almost nothing to do with the virus anymore. That is not to diminish the fact that some people get sick and older people can die. But the vast majority of people survive this thing. I believe you as an individual person should do whatever you think is right and you should instruct your family and friends accordingly. But destroying everything, destroying the deli near my house, having me wear a mask when, when no one's in any of the stores that I go to or any of these things, it's absolute nonsense. I said it last night, but I got my teeth cleaned yesterday and I'm sitting at the dentist's office. I have to put on a mask to be in the garage. And then I put in a, I'm wearing the mask, I'm in the elevator, I'm down the hallway, I don't see another human being. I get into the office, they've got masks, they've got you know, plexiglass in front of them. I sit in the chair, I take my mask off, the woman tells me to put the mask back on. While, while I'm literally alone in the room, and by the way, I was getting my teeth cleaned. You know what they do with that? That's when you have to open your mouth and they, yeah. So it's like none of this makes any sense. But if you think that as Biden said, we're gonna, it's gonna be a federal mandate, we'll keep the lockdowns going. Like if you wanna live in your basement forever, and I think Joe kinda does, if you wanna live in your basement forever, then, then follow what these people want. But if you wanna risk it, if you, wanna, if you think life is about risk and chance and reward and, and that you have to make decisions for yourself, I mean, just think about the average, think about someone who's put their whole life into a small business, a little restaurant, a little shop, 
whatever it might be, that their life is destroyed right now. And is their life, really think about it, is their life destroyed by the virus or the government? And the answer is the government. Everybody that runs a store should be able to make a decision that they want. And if you want to have people check their temperature when they walk in, then so be it. But th this is, we have, we have crossed the Rubicon into crazy town, people. Uh, okay, uh, this is THX. He says, should Trump have asked Biden how he affords his multiple homes being a public servant for the past 47 years? So, you know, what's interesting about this is he, they sort of did go in that direction, right? I mean, Trump for, for a good 10, 12 minutes of this was pushing on the Ukraine stuff, on the China stuff. How did Hunter Biden make this money? He's unqualified to do this. You know, you, are you, what was it, big daddy? Are you, or are you papa? What, what was the phrase he was using for Biden? Are you the big man, something like that? Uh, meaning that are you getting the kickbacks? Like this is a mafia operation, right? Like if you watch Sopranos, like the captains make a certain amount of money, they gotta send it over to, send their cut over to, over to Tony in the, in the nondescript uh, white envelope. Um, so he didn't outright say that. Although I think, was it, was it yesterday or maybe even the day before, he said something about Biden's big house and Biden does have a big house. I mean, this is, a few of you asked questions that were kind of similar to this. This is where I would say, uh, you know, Maxine Waters, who is a, a Democratic congresswoman here in Los Angeles for South Central LA, which is a seriously depressed economic place with a lot of crime, a lot of drug use, all of that stuff, primarily a black neighborhood. That's the district she's represented. I think she's been in government for about 44 years. Um, she lives in Hancock Park in a $6 million mansion. Hancock Park uh, is super expensive, super elite, uh, sort of adjacent to, to Beverly Hills, and she's got a $6 million mansion. She's been in government for 44 years. I'm not saying she did illegal things. I'm not even necessarily saying she did immoral things. But it, it doesn't surprise me when these government people do this, right? It, of course they're going to use all of their power. Like, it's a messy, dirty game. It's Game of Thrones. And what do I always tell you guys about Game of Thrones? Last episode of Game of Thrones. Stop right, jump 20 seconds if you, if you haven't seen it yet. But the last, the last scene in Game of Thrones, it's like five guys sitting around a table and they're all drinking, but everyone they know is dead, right? Like it's a messy game of power. And that's what politics is. So I expect corrupt people to be in this. It's, it's, a, it's a corrupt system. Power is gonna corrupt. That doesn't mean they're all equally corrupt. And I would always vote for somebody that would give me a little bit more freedom, not take away as much stuff from me, not promise me everything. You know, that, that's the thing. Once you see through the, the, the lies of the left, it's like, why, you know, you're putting in people who are just promising to fix your life. We're gonna give you all of this stuff. Like, yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe Biden, okay, you didn't do anything for 47 years. You were VP, you were senator. Like all of these great ideas that you have, you just didn't get to them all of these years. You're either totally inept or, or you're just a liar. I mean, that, that just is it. I actually thought Trump's best moment last night was I ran because of you. I ran because of you. And that actually is true. Like if the system wasn't so corroded, Trump would have never run. And the system's corroded and enough people saw it, so enough people voted for Orange Man. Uh, well, that gets me to the next question from Burned, which is do you, do you really believe almost all politicians are corrupt, let's say on a national level? I, I would just add one thing, which is I don't think they're all, well, I sort of said this already, I don't think they're all equally corrupt. And I think there are good people. I think Nikki Haley is a good person. I think that Dan Crenshaw is a good person. I think that Tulsi Gabbard, a Democrat, I don't know for how much longer, I think she is a good person. Um, I think the, the system sort of corrupts you it, it, and it makes you, and also politics is, is a system of like, you know, constant different pressures to get things done and having to negotiate with people you don't like and the rest of it. And, and in many ways, 
politicians have all sort of backed away from the negotiating with people you don't like. Now you just talk to your own team. So we, it, it creates a situation that I think good people probably become less good. And people say to me all the time, Dave, why don't you run for something, run for mayor of Los Angeles, run for governor of California? And it's like, I, I, don't, think, I don't think I could make all of those compromises. Although I can tell you this, if I ever ran for anything, my, my plan would be simple. I can't fix your life. I want you to have as much money as possible. We're cutting all the budgets and uh, you know, we'll have a form letter on my website, but I'm not gonna read it. Like, that's it. That's what I would run on. I'm, I have nothing to do with your life. I don't like you. I don't wanna know you. <laughs> Good luck and get out of my face. Okay, um, well, this is another sort of offshoot of that. Uh, this is from Emmy who says, how do we convince Rick Rennell to run for POTUS? Is he bribable with baked goods to your knowledge? Uh, I've had Rick over for a couple, couple dinner parties. I'm trying to think on his baked good situation. I believe he's a dessert eater, but we usually do like some kind of ice cream situation. Um, Rick Rennell, for those of you who don't know, he's been on the show several times. He, is, uh, he worked for several presidents uh, as he was like a national security advisor and worked for uh, Rick, uh, John Bolton at the UN. He then was our ambassador to Germany under the Trump administration. Then for about a month and a half, he was the acting director of national intelligence. Now it's Ratcliffe. Uh, it's, not, it's not Rick anymore. Uh, he's now out campaigning, campaigning for Trump. Rick is a, is a really good guy. He happens to be gay, big damn whoop. Now you would think that someone that has attained the level of success that he has and being openly gay and fighting for gay rights and being at the UN and fighting against all of the anti-gay stuff in, in so many of these countries, you'd think that uh, you know some of the, the gay media or the lefty media would call him a good guy, but they constantly try to, try to destroy him. Um, I know him, him and his partner Matt for years now and, and they're good people. Will he run? I would love to. I tweet it out every now and again. I'm like, Rick Grinnell, run for governor of California, please. I've asked him privately. I don't know that it's going to happen. But, but again, that, that goes to, if you're a decent person, why would you want to be part of the mess? But I'll give you the silver lining because I'm a silver lining guy. The silver lining is that, again, after Trump breaks the thing, if he wins again and breaks the thing, well, then the machine that has crushed so many people and cancel culture and fear, that will have dissipated in a way that new good people will be allowed to get in. I mean, I think we're seeing that with someone like Kim Klasik in, in Baltimore. Like maybe some new interesting good people will get in, but I, I still think there's a lot of fear around it and it's, and it's warranted. Uh, Falcon says, did you see anything strange about Joe's eyes last night? He looked like he was on meth. <laughs> Huge pupils that took the blue out of his eyes. Uh, I'm going to go on the record here and say that I don't think Joe Biden was on meth because I know that the losers at Media Matters watch all my videos and they're just waiting for me to say that Joe Biden was on meth. And now that I just said it in a sentence where I was saying it didn't happen, that's the sentence that they can clip that Joe Biden was on meth. But I'm not actually saying that. Um, God, these people. Can you imagine it's your job to sit and watch videos of people you hate so you can try to destroy them? How you doing, guys? Good, good to see you. Um, so I don't think Joe Biden was on meth. Do I think he was on something? I mean, look, they shut him down. They put a lid on the campaign on Monday. So on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, until the debate, he was MIA. So is he sleeping that entire time? Like, are they pumping him full of Adderall or, or God knows what, or crazy supplements or something? Does he, in the two debates, seem way more coherent than he does publicly? Yeah, he does. So I don't know what that's about. I don't know what he's writing down or, or has pre-written maybe or on the things in front of him. Like, I don't know about any of that stuff. So again, that's just like kind of conspiracy stuff. Um, but he has seemed more 
uh, more coherent. However, there was a moment about an hour in, you know, he looked at his watch at one point, and then there was like two or three moments where he started stumbling, and you could just see him. He could just get back. You know, the roller coaster is going, and he's like falling out, and then he like kind of falls out, but then the roller coaster comes around, and he gets back on. That's sort of the way his his train of thought seems to work. Um, but he didn't he didn't falter. He didn't have like a major falter. The the ideas I don't like, and it's it's kind of depressing because once you see through the lies of the Democrats, then you just kind of see it everywhere and how it all is just like meaningless, it's just all meaningless talk about how they can help you even though they've never helped you before. Um, so I do not think Joe Biden was on meth. Is he on something? Like are they giving him something possibly? Could Trump be on something possibly? I mean Trump, the amount of stuff that he knows, that he, you know, all the companies that he's working with to do this, all of the numbers that he knows and what we did here and cut this and all that, like it's impressive. So like is everyone public hopped up on something? Eh, maybe. Um, oh, I like this question. This is Trav. He says, do you think in the future people will refer to Trump as a third party candidate who usurped the GOP machine to make his run? That's really interesting. And I'll take a sip of coffee before I get to it. Um, the reason I think it's interesting is because it gets back to whether Trump wins the second term or not. If he loses the second term, if he, meaning if he loses in a few weeks, and the system that exists just sort of recalibrates and, and is stronger again, right? The very thing Trump was running against, if it destroys Trump, that machinery, whatever that is, will be way stronger than it was before Trump. That, that's very scary to me. I think it's probably scary to you. Um, and I, by the way, I know a lot of people, public people, who privately support Trump, but they're not doing it because they're afraid if he loses that the system will destroy them. I mean, I, I just can't live that way. Maybe I'm an idiot, I don't know. Um, but I think if Trump loses, then the, the Lincoln Project people and whatever the future of the marginalized, basically Democratic Party that the Republican Party will be, this neutered, pathetic, um, flaccid group of people, they will try to destroy any evidence that Trump ever existed, that anything good ever happened, that he got rid of regulation, that he helped cause peace in the Middle East. I just saw literally a minute before we started this uh, that Sudan just signed a deal with Israel, so now there's the UAE, Qatar, and, the, and Sudan on top of Egypt and Jordan, which did it obviously years ago, and now they're saying five more countries possibly in the next week, including Saudi Arabia. You know what's funny about this? Was foreign policy mentioned once, except for Russia and Ukraine and China? Was actual foreign policy name, uh, mentioned once in the debates? The answer is no. Trump needed to mention it last night. He needed to be like, could we, could we just stop for just a sec? Uh, remember that piece in the Middle East thing that everybody wanted? Hey, hey, oh, oh, hey, ha, uh, yeah. Uh. So I think he he did miss a little opportunity there. But I mean, if if they get five more countries on board this week, I mean, it, it's it's monumental isn't even the word. Uh, but you know, already this morning I saw Chris Hayes on MSNBC, that little dork, uh, who basically was like, oh, you know, these are just like fake peace deals, you know, something to that effect. Like, oh, these this is Jared Kushner's thing. These these nothing peace deals. Oh, the nothing peace deals that nobody could do. I know nobody could do them for the last 60 years, but they're nothing now because of Orange Man. But so if Trump loses, I could see the machine just trying to spit out and destroy everyone that had anything to do with Trump, um, in which case they'll view him. Yeah, the legacy will be he was never a Republican. He was never a conservative. He was just this evil insurgent force. If he wins, I actually think you, you kick out or you neuter the, the ineffective people of the past, that would be, a, I think, a much, a much better future. Um, all right, oh, look at this. I'm getting a telemarketer calling me right now. My phone number 
somehow got to these, got to every Democratic list, prop this, help this guy, we're gonna stop racism all day long. I need, I need a new phone number. I'm gonna do that later today, actually. Uh, okay, real quick, um, I'm gonna skip that one because I've sort of done that. And then about a drug cocktail that, that Biden might be on. Again, I don't think he was on meth, that was, that was Kelvin. Uh, Jacob, I think I got to your question sort of about the alternative realities and the reality war. Oh, and here's a perfect one to end on because I've been focusing more on, on the GOP and the right. Uh, Forrest says, uh, what do you think will happen to the Democratic Party if Biden loses? Will they continue to exist or would the entire party implode? If so, do you think that would create room for a new party? I like this question and it's the perfect, it's the perfect place to end. Um, what I think, well, first off, that's what I want to happen, obviously, right? The current Democratic Party that, that is either radically left and using Biden as the host, as they, he's, he's just the body with the alien inside that's gonna burst out of his stomach, a bloody monstrosity shaped as AOC is gonna burst through the Biden thing once, once he's on board if he wins. Biden cannot stop it. Biden will not be leading this thing. It's all very obvious. We all know it. It's just the truth, okay? But Joe Biden does not stand for anything. If Joe Biden stood for anything, then he would have accomplished anything, but he's running away from all his accomplishments too, right? Because he was part of what now the left says is a systemically racist country and blah, 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 blah. Okay. If Trump wins, then the great destruction can happen, and that's what needs to happen. The, the Democrats and the lefties need to have their come to Jesus moment. They need to have their, if you're an old school liberal, you have nothing in common with these new guys. Stop pretending you should be in the same party. AOC, who's wrong about everything, she actually said that. She got one thing right a couple months ago, which is that she, I think she said something to the effect of, and this is before Biden was, was uh, the contender, she said that I shouldn't be in the same party as Biden, meaning that these people have nothing to do with each other. The, the progressives just used the, the Democratic Party to get in and usurp the power. That's what they're doing, right? So if Biden loses, it's like, well, finally the progressives, they can just either destroy everybody else and then have their party, or, and this is the much less likely one, that the good liberals, whoever's left after Order 66, would come in and clean up the mess and get rid of these people and let, let Bernie start a third party, a socialist party, with AOC and the squad and, and all of them. But they won't do it because those guys don't want to create anything. All they're good at is ruining things. They want to destroy things. That's why, in a weird way, the, the progressives don't really want to run anything because that, they're not good at running things. They're good at destroying things, right? So de Blasio in New York City. He's destroyed New York City. Ask virtually anyone that lives there. Find me somebody who thinks that there's something good happening in New York City. Eric Garcetti in Los Angeles, Gavin Newsom in San Francisco before when he was the mayor, before he was the governor now. Progressives just destroy things. They're not good at building things. Show, can somebody point me to one evidence that a progressive came into a city and cleaned it up and, and fixed homelessness or got rid of drugs or did something good with ho uh, uh, house prices and homes and all of those things? It just doesn't happen. So I think the implosion of the Democratic Party is necessary. I think that that hopefully will happen. And then, you know, again, the, the silver lining on this thing is that maybe a, a, a phoenix rises from the ashes. Maybe after the implosion, there's just a feeling of if there's something here between the lefties and the liberals, and if there's anything good about any of these set of ideas, and I'm not sure that there is anymore, that maybe something rises out of that and, and a decent Democrat exists. And even if I wouldn't support that person, um, it would be a much healthier situation 
if we had a decent Republican Party and a decent Democratic Party. So that would be the silver lining on everything. That would be the way I'd like to, I'd like to do it. All right, people. Uh, it's Friday. I will be on Greg Gutfeld's show tomorrow night, so you can catch me on Fox News. I think that's uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And beyond that, I'm just going to try to cool it this weekend, not pay too much attention to politics. we got a couple house projects. I hope you are able to get off the grid a little bit yourself and enjoy yourselves and eat some good food and run around and get out there and, and live your life because that's what it's all about. All right. See you guys.